Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is where we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We got a great show for you today. I got Pastor Caesar here. Yo. And James. Hello. And yours truly, Pastor David. We got a great, great show for you today. Later on, we're going to talk about the law of religion or the religious rules or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, I know, uh, Caesar. I know y'all had a little um, uh, young adults thing this this weekend. How'd that stuff go? It was real good. It was in San Antonio, yeah. uh, IBC. If you're familiar with that church, that organization's been around forever. But just have a real good relationship with them. Yeah. A relationship that uh, you're very aware of. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this was our second year to uh, to do a young adults college thing over there, and it was real good. We had a uh, we had 24 of our own members, our own. Young people go over there, and we just had a blast. It was just, it was good. Time of refreshing, um, really just talking about identity and uh, faith and trust in God, believing God for the impossible, which is, you know, it was a really challenging weekend. You know, I don't want to get too much into it, but just a real, real challenging kind of thing because whenever you're, um, you know, man, I'm going to have to get into it. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Well, you know, um, you know, as 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 Christians, we we tend to um, we need to learn to be content where we are, right? But we also because we don't want to be complacent on the other side as well. Yeah. Right. And then after you do it for a while, and you're walking for the Lord for a while, you you get into the groove, you get into the the frequency of it all. Um, you know, God is your provider already. You don't need any convincing of that anymore. Um, so you're just kind of you know go with the flow come what may kind of attitude. I don't know if you've been there before, but uh, oh, yeah. then somebody comes along and then says, you got to believe God for the impossible. Well, I, I've gotten comfortable in, in God's possible, <laughs> you right. know? And I was like, well, I, I don't really desire anything else. And then somebody comes along and challenges you with something like that. It just kind of makes you th- rethink some things and say, wait a minute. Um, you know, even though I'm not, I don't feel like I put God in a box, just, saying that God's in, in any kind of box is putting him in a box, you know, or, or, or thinking that, you know, anyway. So it was just a, a fantastic weekend, and, uh, yeah, it was real good. That's awesome. I think that's this is a season of rethinking. We need to start rethinking a lot of things, the way we look at, uh, look at religion, look at our faith, look at the world, a lot of those different things. It's time for us to rethink, reset, and uh, just... Uh, start over a little bit on, on some of those uh, some of those things. James, everybody, everything been good since last week? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I guess that means yes because nothing bad is sticking out, nothing so that's got to be good. Out. All right, very good. Well, that means let's get right into the culture corner. James, what you got for us today? Okay, so the story that I found today was, I believe it was South Carolina. There was, is a Cracker Barrel in South Carolina. So there's a softball team that I guess they're traveling around playing softball. A bunch of like teenagers. The girl in this story was 15, so probably high school softball team. Anyway, they're traveling around playing softball. They stop at a Cracker Barrel with their uh, parents because they're all like 15. And uh, this girl goes to the bathroom, and when she's in the stall, she sees this guy's head 
poking under the stall. I read something about that. Creeping yeah. on her and stuff. So she freaks out, runs out of the stall, and uh, goes and tells her dad, which these are all like softball parents, so... You know, they're that type of person. And, uh, and, and if, so, if, you, if you don't know what that type of person is, well, then, yeah. Well, listen to the rest of the story, and you'll you'll see. So Come on. She, she goes and tells her dad, like, hey, this just happened to me. And so the dad gets, he's obviously upset. So he goes and tells a female employee there that this just happened to his daughter. And he says, can you go in the bathroom and find this guy? And, uh, oh, and the daughter said that she wasn't the only one in the bathroom either. There was, like, other girls in there, too. So the employee goes in there, finds the guy. He's like, hey, you got to get out of here. Guy comes out, and the girl's dad is waiting for him. And uh, they don't go into details of it, but the witness that saw this guy, saw this happen was uh, he says that the guy comes out of the bathroom, and the dad, like, confronts him, and he just sees the, um, what's the word, the... Uh, the perpetrator, I guess they see, they see him. He's got bloody face, bloody nose, and he's running from Cracker Barrel. So the dad had obviously had a few words for him. And so, but everybody else in the restaurant, like a bunch of the other parents, they like stop the guy and tackle him and they keep him outside and wait for the uh, police to show up. So basically the dad just went over there, beat the dude up. And then all the other parents just held him until the cops showed up. And apparently the dude was like a registered sex offender and all this stuff. So well, good it was for not him. his first time doing that. But I am so glad I don't have daughters. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to deal with that. I just have to keep my, you know, little sons away from females. But I don't have to worry about that stuff. So, wow. But yeah. they got him. They and got him. The parents I, just I, said, hey, dude, you can't be doing that. Yeah. And just let him know. He accidentally fell down the stairs, and then the cops showed yeah, up. Yeah, and then they showed up, you know? <laughs> I was looking at some of the comments at that story. I did glance by there. Uh, I didn't read the story, <laughs> but I looked at the comments because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be a trash fire right here. People were like, that wasn't right. And then other people that are like, he, he you know, the, the dad was a hero. Oh, no, yeah. And, and this it, one, everybody was pretty much on board yeah, <laughs> with yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's one of those things that really brought the brought the United States together right there. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. So the dude, he creek. has to wear like a GPS ankle thing and he can't leave the state. And they I don't remember what time up with chains. Him. Yeah, well. They yeah. gave him a GPS tracker. If he instead. was a, a registered sex offender, he should go to he should go back to prison. He went. Well, they locked him up, but he got out on bond. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, I, I don't think he's gone to like trial trial for it yet. Mm-hmm. It's just wow. like wow. yeah, and from what I've heard from people and YouTube, uh, you know, child molesters and those kinds, they uh, they can't help themselves. Well, well, that, but in prison, they, oh yeah, uh, don't go so well. Yeah, it don't mm-hmm. go well for them at all. Not at all. Kind of like honor among thieves, kind of yep. sort of. Yep. They, yep. They don't. They don't yep. like. And as soon as they hit the floor, like the the you know the sergeants and stuff, let it out. Like what 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 they've done and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Hey, I got a, a little real quick one, and I just remembered. I don't know why that triggered for me to remember, <laughs> but I seen a couple weeks ago we talked about the blockbuster that was doing the oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Airbnb uh-huh. or whatever. Well, I just heard this past week that the Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel Air, they're going to open up the the mansion uh, to an Airbnb. Uh, you can go and you can. Would like, they stay shot with, that in an actual mansion? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I Bel-Air. always thought yeah. that was a set. No, well, that's what's, cool. What's kind of weird about it is like the mansion is um, it's occupied, like somebody's mm-hmm. living in it, but the French. Uh, 
Oh, Fresh Prince. What's his name? Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff have got together and they they met with the guy and it was like, look, let us for the whatever anniversary it is, uh, they you know rented the room out for a certain amount of dates. Uh, but it, it, it's kind of weird because you know somebody's over living, actually living in the other part of the mansion, in the pool house. Yeah, so they they dressed up a, a, a couple of the rooms to reflect out how it was before. Uh, so I thought that was kind of neat when we was talking about the blockbuster a couple weeks I ago. I remember the last episode, man. That was sad. Yeah, that was sad. All right, Cesar, what you got? Well, I am bringing you a story that involves Amazon and Walmart. So. In the beginning of September, Amazon got approval from the FAA to uh, start a drone delivery program, which uh, I've heard it talked about for some time now, but now that the, the gears are in motion and uh, yeah, you're going to be uh, receiving packages by drone, but you have to register and all that. But Walmart is following suit. Uh, uh, well, an, an aff- they're not even an affiliate, but somebody that wants to be an affiliate with Walmart. Uh, the, it's a company called Flytrex. They um, are trying to partner with Walmart to deliver uh, packages, groceries, and those kind of things um, uh, to people that register. And this is actually, coincidentally enough, in North Carolina, right next to our <laughs> South Carolina friends over there. Um, so in North Carolina, it's going to be launching in Fayetteville. And, uh, yeah, they're quadcopters. They look pretty cool. They look gigantic. Yeah. Um, uh, they do have a weight limit on them. Uh, I think they said like something like it's under seven pounds, like six. No milk. Six. No milk. No milk. I mean, but just imagine that, you know, I, 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 I'm, it's coming. It's here, you know, um, but it's soon they'll be able to deliver, you know, things that are 100 pounds, 200 pounds. But I just don't know how I feel about, you know, 100 pounds hovering over my head. Yeah. Or those kind of things, or people just shooting them down, or so does so. If, if I wanted to use that service, I just order something online at Walmart. Do do they do they like put in the coordinates and the thing flies to house? Yeah. Or is so, it, so you register. You would uh-huh. register with this company, this 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 uh, potential affiliate of Walmart, and uh, they have a. Um, uh, I guess it's it's a landing pad or something like that that they'll put in digitally and they'll they'll find you and okay. and all that and it has they're, they're gonna have pre-approved flight plans so like and, pigeons yeah yeah, yeah. exactly I was, I was just I was just talking to my son about this and he was asking me all kind of questions about flight patterns and all this stuff and stuff I didn't even think about like planes have flight pl- patterns and mm-hmm. uh, but I think also that you have to be a certain certain distance from you know, the, the delivery site or whatever from the, the Walmart or the mm-hmm. Amazon place. And, you know, you can't have like trees all over your house. So it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be different when you start seeing all these drones flying over your head with the blue Walmart bag and, and, and stuff like and it's that. It's crazy because they said that it's going to, the package is going to be dropped off by an 80 foot tether. So oh, the, wow. drone, the drone won't hit, hit the ground. 80 feet that's that's high up there that's really yeah. high up there especially when you talk about wind and stuff right yeah yeah what if it's windy do yeah. they just say it goes into your neighbor's yeah. house and your neighbor's pool <laughs> it's light packages yeah it might <laughs> 80 feet yeah that's interesting yeah but still 6.6 you know 6.6 pounds it says here uh flying at who knows how fast and, right. and even dropping drop six pounds from 80 feet on somebody's head i mean that's yeah. that's lethal and then you know, I, I like to think that all the all these things can be uh, weaponized, and all that kind of stuff. Somebody take over and start flying drones into houses and buildings and cars and traffic and 
It's gonna be nuts. <laughs> I, I seen, I seen uh, somebody was actually tested. There's a, a like a, a pilot program where they were testing it in Las Vegas, sending out um, COVID test packages where the drone would come and drop them off, and then you do the test yourself, and then you would mail it back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're already. And they're already starting to do this stuff. So yeah, yeah, and you know, COVID, uh, this whole quarantine thing has made a lot of companies be very inventive. Which on the uh, you know for that side of the quarantine, that's kind of cool to see. You know, the, the gears in motion with industry and trying to solve problems, and and uh, we can't be so close to each other anymore. So you know, or for some time now. Uh, so yeah, no, it's cool. People are getting inventive. Yeah, I think on some of that too. Like, it's probably fast forward a lot of the stuff like so that they were probably taking their time to pass these laws and stuff but then since this has happened they probably went back and, and looked at it and say okay let's spend some more time on this to see if we can get it pushed through a little bit faster so we can use some of these things uh for social distancing and different things like that so mm-hmm. but i think it's going to be cool in the end um I, i'm sure there's going to be like drones falling out of the sky or something here and there we'll get to read those reports in a year or so from <laughs> yeah. now uh, talk about it here on the podcast. And you're going to start seeing a lot of drones show up in pawn shops. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I was hearing, I was hearing Joe Rogan. Uh, he was asking some, somebody that was on his podcast, like every time that him and his wife, you know, he's, he's married to an ex model or whatever. And every time they would, the, him and the kids and his wife would go out to their pool, a drone would show up, you know, to get pictures and stuff of them. And, and, uh, so he was just asking like, you know, what is the laws of him, like, taking his bow and arrow out and shooting it out yeah, of the sky? Yeah, yeah drones are, are they're already, like, a problem. Like, they're already a thing because so many people have drones and they just use them for all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, they're they're cool if you use them for just... Because, I mean, what were they originally made for as far as the public? Just to, like, take cool pictures and videos and stuff? Well, I think at first they were military. Yeah. Yeah. But and they for sure still use the military drones. That's a whole other thing. But Yeah. And then after a certain weight of the drone itself, uh, that's when you have to register them and all that stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, those are small little drones. So pretty much every major drone you see, it has to be registered. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We'll yeah. see what happens in the future, huh? Absolutely. Back to the future. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the next part of the podcast. Uh, so let's let's just talk about the rules to religion, the uh, the laws of religion, and I think that um, for a while we've been dealing with a whole generation of people that are running away from church, and I know Pastor Caesar that you've seen this with uh, dealing with the, the our young people, uh, our young adults, uh, James. You know you have friends that are, are don't even want anything to do with church, and I when I was thinking about it, I was thinking it's. I think that we've made church scary and weird for certain people. Um, and we set these like hard rules that we have to follow or we're going to hell. Right. Um, so how do we get back to making church a place that we can go and, and have a relationship with people and God and not making it like a parole visit where we have to go, we have to meet certain criteria to be there, that we have to uh, look a certain way on the outside so nobody knows what's my sin on the inside. And I think that if we can get back to a place of making it a place that's free, uh, because the Bible said, 
God said, let me take the weight off you, not put more weight on you. And I think for a lot of people, they're saying, hey, I can't go to church right now because I'm so ugly. I have I have so much sin. I have all these things. And they look at the church and they see, thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not. And they have so many thou shall nots in their life. They feel like they're not worthy to work, uh, to walk into the church. So trying to see how we can change our, the, the the perspective of, of the world. So you know, they, they'll feel comfortable <clears throat> coming in the church. Yeah, well, I think it goes back to uh, uh, having a relationship with Christ is not supposed to be a religion. It's supposed to be a relationship. So being a Christian isn't supposed to be about following all these religious things, even though it is a religion, but it's supposed to be focused on you having a personal relationship with Christ. And the more you develop that relationship, the more you uh, just naturally want to follow all those thou shall nots. So the closer you are to Christ, the less likely you are to want to lie, to want to murder and cheat and all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, he says, you know, those who love me keep my commandments and all. So it's not about, it's not supposed to be about keeping the commandments and that's the focus. It's supposed to be about the relationship with Christ and through that you want to keep those commandments. And uh, I think a lot of people that don't, they don't go to church, don't know anything about it. They're only, uh, what's the word? The only thing, the only idea they have of church is all of those religious rules and stuff because they don't, they don't have that relationship with Christ, so they don't really know anything about that. And then, of course, you got lots of Christians that are really more focused on the rules as opposed to actually having that relationship and just being able to say like, "Hey, I went to church this week, so I'm better" or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. I just think it's all you know. We're supposed to be focused on the relationship, not the religion. Yeah, and I think the problem with it is that you have two, two different people. You have the Christian inside the church, and then you have the Christian outside of the church, right? So the Christian of outside of the church is what, you know, non-Christian people see. Uh, you know, you have a, a couple types. You have the ones that go to church, and everything's good, and hallelujah, and la, 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 and speak in tongues and all that. And then they go to work, and that, that uh, reflection doesn't happen there. And then you have the other Christian that might take their approach of getting the bullhorn and going downtown and going, you know, God hates fags. And if you don't repent, you're going to hell. And, um, seen yeah. yeah. And, and, and so that's how people see God, you know? Um, so it has to be, and you hit it right on the head. It has to be, uh, something that we get to do, not that we have to do, you know, just as we please our friends or, 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 our, you know, our wife or our husband or something like that. Yeah, and 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 it's it's difficult. I mean, that's a difficult question, to, to, or even a difficult subject to try to tackle because everybody's dealing with a, a, a different level of maturity where they're at, whether they're uh, Christians or not. Um, it's a, it's a tough concept to think about because just like James was saying, there there, well, we know Christ has do's and don'ts. We know the Bible has do's and don'ts. We know that God has definitely drawn a line in the sand in a lot of different subjects that we just don't have the liberty to say otherwise uh, if we're holding to the Word of God, which we should. But then you get that other part, you get the, that that immaturity and people that are they're still in their journey, and we have to give them grace to learn. Um, 
and that's different, right? I mean, it's whenever somebody, when when somebody's taking advantage of that grace and and trying to make the word of God say something that it doesn't, well, then that's one thing, and it has to be addressed. It has to be addressed. But whenever it's just a lack of knowledge, life experience, church experience, really encountering, like you said, the relationship aspect of it all, and uh, you know, growing in that grace, that's very important, and. And we got people on all sides, every denomination, that uh, they want people to get to their level as faster than it, what it took them. Well, I think that's the key, right? I think that, that, that so many people want to judge the, another person that they see on where they are in Christ right now. Mm-hmm. Not their journey to get there. Like, okay, I'm here, you should be too. Well, they might be just starting their journey, and now we're trying to hold them accountable of them serving God for 20 years and and the things that they should have learned over those 20 years. Um, And I think that's one of those things where um, Jesus simplified the Ten Commandments in the New Testament, right? It went from thou shalt not do all these things to love your God and love your neighbor Right. So he he simplified it for us, because if you can do those things, you're not going to do the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I think that we have complicated Christianity so much we have scared the world away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, but again, it's that's such a it's such a difficult topic to talk about on how, you know, are there rules to this? Well, yeah, yeah. There's rules to this, but but you know you have to you you have to as a leader, as somebody that just is is uh, in around other new believers and bringing them into the fold and trying to teach them, instruct them, show them the ways. You got to do it with grace. You got to do it redemptively. Whenever whenever you encounter a problem with uh, somebody, and it, it, it's not always a uh, you know a, a pastor congregant type of relationship, it's it's brother to brother, sister to sister, friend to friend, whatever, right? Uh, em, em, employer to employee, it, it, it's all the same. Whenever whenever you're the whenever you're a Christian, you're supposed to be you're supposed to bring peace into that into that relationship. You're supposed to want reconciliation in your relationships. But whenever we hold to, uh, you know, maybe something that doesn't match up to uh, our own preferences or what we believe to be, you know, right, um, then we feel like, you know, I see the nail and I have to hammer it down. And, and, and you can't do that with people. One of, the, one, of the, one of the most important things that I've ever learned in, as, as far as church and ministry and, and just operating in the church as a, as a, as a member of the church is that you got to have grace. <laughs> you, you got, you, you've, you've got to be long suffering. You, you have to be patient with people to expect them to, like you said, expect them to have 10, 20, 15 years of Christian experience under their belt when they're brand new. That's, that's too much to ask. And that's something that I couldn't, I couldn't even do myself. Right. Yeah, and I think what one of the things, and, and, and James chime in on this, I think one of the things as as Christians and as as leaders, we say uh, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this. So uh, as a churchgoer, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you. You can't, you can't, you can't. Instead of, 
taking that time and teaching them how to think so they can make their own decision of saying, I can't, instead of you telling them all the time that they can't. Uh, It's kind of like you telling your son, you can't do this, you can't do this, instead of them making their own mind up that says, you know what, it's probably best for me if I don't do that. that. That's exactly the example I was going to say. Yeah, if you just keep telling people, do this, don't do this, but you don't give anybody the the why behind it, uh, they don't really grasp that concept. And it can be something as complicated as some like religious rules and or it can be something really simple just like like if I go to work and I train somebody how to how to clean your section or whatever and this is how to do it It'd be something that simple if I don't tell them why you need to clean it like this then they're not going to remember to do that so for example like uh, if I stick with the work one uh, we have to take all the nozzles off the soda machines and the tea urns at the end of the night and a lot of people will forget to take the ones off the tea urns so they'll clean out the tea urn, but they won't take the nozzle off and clean that out. Um, a lot of them might just be new and don't even know the thing screws off or whatever. But anyway, so if I go to check them out and make sure they did all their cleaning right, I'll say, oh, hey, you didn't take the tea nozzle off. This is how it comes off. And you can open it up and show them and say, look, see all that brown junk in there that got all built up throughout the day? If you don't take them off every night and wipe them out, this is what happens. And nobody wants to be the people drinking tea out of a nozzle coming out like that. So then when you show them, like, the mess... They say, oh, yeah, that's gross. I really need to clean that. And you can say, yeah, this probably didn't get cleaned the last two nights because, of, you know, either new people or whatever didn't know to clean it. And so anyway, so you show them the why and they say, oh, yeah, I don't want to be the person serving tea out of that thing. So, yeah, I'll clean that up and do a better job. And, you know? and like religious tradition, right? A lot of that is, is kind of that concept where, where somebody in an organization, in a church or something like that, they didn't do something because of somebody else's bad mistakes or something like that, so they had to enforce something like clean that nozzle, right? right. Now, now we have to enforce it. But as that translates through generation and, and, and generation, it, it, it gets to the place to where for the latest generation, now that nozzle is, is, is the devil. Well, why is it the devil? You know, why is it something that that is is such an issue or problem? Well, just look back on why it was first put there in the first place is because somebody was doing something stupid and a rule needed to be put in place. But never was it supposed to be taken as the gospel truth. And religion has done that. Religion puts all of these all of these rules that God did not put on us. Yeah. So, I mean, just to take it back to when I was in the corporate world, we had um you know, we had work instructions and some of the work instructions for the, some of the most simplest uh, duties were, were so like thick. The book was so mm-hmm. thick. And then mm-hmm. our new owners came in and they started reading over our work instructions. They're like, why is this so difficult? Why are we turning in a five minute procedure into a 30 minute procedure? And then, um, and they were just like, well, this happened and this happened and this happened over the years. And we just put, band-aids on band-aids on band-aids and they were just like okay we're gonna start over like none of that has ever happened again and our it took away a lot of the um just the nonsense inside of the the work and morale went up you know uh efficiencies went up and all those things so like we were just talking about earlier it's i think this is truly a season where we have to rethink some things um but so Let's talk about some of the more devout faiths. You know, you have you know the the, the Jewish faith. You have uh, some of the the Catholics that are very devout in thing, things they do. Um, because they're so devout, does that get you closer to Jesus? 
I think it can help as long as your uh, your heart's you know it's always always about like where's your heart in the right place. Mm-hmm. So if I go back to like what you said with uh, all the procedures and having all these extra rules, so they said, and I found this to be true at all of my kind of jobs too, where it's like they put this rule in place because this was a problem because this was a failure somewhere. Yeah. And then that goes on and on and on. And that might not, that rule might not even, it probably doesn't even actually help the thing get done. It just is trying to keep this other thing from happening. So we don't really necessarily need that rule to still accomplish the task. We just need this other thing not to happen. And, uh, so like when I'm teaching people, whatever I'm teaching them, I'll tell them like, Hey, this is how you do this. And this is the reason this, exists this is the reason we do it like that sometimes i'll follow it with this is really stupid it doesn't really matter but this is the way they like to do it so do it so you don't get in trouble but uh yeah i don't even remember where i was going with it but going back to what you said about about you know these different religions and does that help you get closer to jesus i think there's a certain aspect of discipline that is built up within people right that will definitely lead to Christ whenever they, whenever Christ chooses to reveal himself to those people, because we've seen it all. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the apostle Paul, well, he was a Jew of the Jews. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't have the right religion. He didn't have the proper religion. He had a skewed version of religion and Jesus had to appear to him that way. You know, why are you kicking against the pricks? Right. And when he told him that, why it, it was challenging what he knew, um, but even though he was a Jew of the Jews, he was very well acquainted with the Old Testament and all that. I mean, just just a phenomenal, phenomenal intellect that this man had. He did have a desire for God. It was just perverted, yeah. right? It was skewed. But he did have a discipline, a God-given, a God-given discipline that uh, whenever it was time for him to have his experience with Jesus, it, it all came full circle and it it. it it, I mean, we benefit from his discipline, the right. hours that he spent, you know, studying the scriptures even before he was a Christian. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with these other religions, Muslims or whatever, right? Finding out how they work, how they operate, what's the rules of their religion and showing them how Christ came to switch that perspective. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and you'll find, and we see how many times do we see testimonies of that people that were, that were, you know, devout Muslims and Catholics and all that. And then they come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ and, and they are unstoppable. Nobody can tell them anything. They, they, they battle, uh, you know, with, uh, w- with the biggest and the brightest and they hold fervently to the faith, um, because they have an experience, you know, and that, right. that's, that's, what's important. I remember the point I was trying to get to, which was (laughs) if you follow all of those little rules and all the little religious procedures and stuff, you will eventually get to the end result you were looking for. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best way to go about it, to follow all the extra little rules. Like you said, like sometimes you just got to go start over like in your job. It was and just let me let me add something on top of that real quick. So we were we were talking about Netflix earlier. So uh, um, last week. my wife and I were watching the Challenger documentary on Netflix, which mm-hmm. is a really good documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to watch it. It's really, really good. And, and you know, they, they, t- they really don't know what still caused it. They were y'all wa- alive when that happened? Uh, yeah. Was um, you? Y'all was really young, I don't though, think right? so. If I wa- wait, what year was it? If I was, I was like two or something. Yeah, I think I was like 10 or something. Do you remember like what that. year happened? I don't. I was born in 94, so. It was probably it was pretty close before. to that, yeah. Yeah, um. 
but no, no, like, you know, you're talking about procedure and all that stuff and, and, and it just kind of almost like to the place to where it almost feels like you're beating a dead horse where you're, you're just, you know, procedure after procedure, rule after rule. Whenever you see something like that, that, you know, there was a catastrophic failure mm-hmm. for a very small little thing yeah. in, in such a complex machine and operation, um, you know, and you look at you look at established churches like us. We're we're about to hit a hundred years in in two years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in some cases we really can't just say scrap it all, right? You know, and because you are, you know, <laughs> going back to some Enron terms here, but too big to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you've you've already become so established. Like you know, let's say the Pope comes to saving grace in Jesus Christ. You know. He comes to the the real yes. I went there. The Pope <laughs> needs to be saved. Um, woo! There we go. There we go. You know um, how how in the world does he begin to try to correct what has been happening for over two thousand years? Right. That that's just you know that's a that's a. Uh, is it possible? Well, I mean, I like to believe God can do anything, but uh, I also am very skeptical of the human heart. <laughs> well, I think that it's going to be tough, like in that situation itself, because even if the Pope comes to this, you know, uh, he realizes that the things that he's been believing are are, are uh, archaic, and there was, and the, you know, the New Testament and all this stuff happened. Um, there's still going to be the rest of the world that goes, something's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. The religion is right, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, it's going to be one of those hard, hard things that you can really turn, right? Um, so kind of to get back to the question was, can you, th- does being so devout get you closer to Jesus? And and I think, it, like you said, I think it, it could help for sure. Um, it, it depends on what are you being devout about? Yeah. You know, what are the, what are the rules that you're trying to follow and why are you following those rules? I just remember Jesus looking at the religious leaders and going, no, 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 no. All that stuff you're worrying about. That's Mm -hmm. not it. Yeah. If you want to get to where you're trying to go, it's me, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not about all those rules. It's not about, um, you can't mix certain foods and you can't eat this. And I think that if we kind of get back to the history of those things, it's because of diseases and different things that were going on in the culture at the time. They're saying, look, don't eat that. Mm -hmm. God was trying to save their life, not their soul when he was doing that. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Um, So we got to really understand why that was put in place and different things like that and not say, okay, that is our religion. And just because... I do want to say this. Uh, I would also just, just because we're not bound by these crazy rules doesn't mean that it doesn't take discipline and dedication to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Just because we're not this devout Catholic or Jew or whatever doesn't mean, and Pentecostals are bad about this. You know, Pentecostals are, well, we're just going to let Jesus flow through us and <laughs> and then we don't prepare. We don't get into a place where God can use us and flow through us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just happen. You have to be in a place where God can use you. So it does take discipline and it, and it does take uh, devotion to get 
to those places. Yeah, and that dis <clears throat> excuse me, that discipline um, to somebody that is still maturing. Let me say it like that. Feels like a chore. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, absolutely. And, and and what you were talking about, whenever Jesus was encountering the religious leaders, you know, I, I see I see a multi generational conversation taking place right there. Mm. Jesus That's was good. Jesus was at that time either thirty two, thirty three, whenever that was taking place, right before he was crucified, all throughout his public ministry. Right, he entered whenever he was thirty years old, and he was ministering, doing his thing. Well, you know, this year is my Jesus year. I'm thirty three this year. And uh, and being in leadership, being that kind of thing, I know whenever I come into, uh, and I'm thankful for the church, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm just saying I know that whenever a 33-year-old perspective walks into the room to somebody that has been uh, saved longer than, you know, they have, been, they have been in maybe pastoral ministry longer than I've been alive, um, and I come with an idea, I come with something that says, wait, let's, let's rethink this or whatever. You're just a youth pastor. I'm just a youth pastor, yeah. exactly. I've been and, there before. And, and then it's more than I can say, <laughs> but but it's like, oh yeah, that's nice, you yeah. know. And so you know, you get this thirty-three, you get this thirty-three-year-old whippersnapper named you know Jesus from Nazareth or whatever with the carpenter's son, and you're gonna what comes good from Nazareth? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like you know, are you going to you know really really a carpenter's son? You're gonna you're gonna tell me right. a, a teacher of Israel? I've been studying these scrolls for a long time, son. Yeah, it's like you know, I still I look at my beard. Yeah. It's like, I still smell the Similac out of your mouth, you know, it, it, and I've been there before. I'm still there now. You know, it's it, it's no matter how much you do, no matter how much you've you you try. Right. You always get this older spirit, mature spirit. And it has its place. Don't get me wrong. I'm not throwing that out there. We need that. But it needs to be applied properly. Yeah. Right. And just because, you know, just because you've been doing something for so long doesn't mean that there isn't a fresh perspective coming and uh, that or, you know, I mean, God shows many different ways. Sometimes, yes, God has a pattern to things, but then we see God just completely switching the pattern. Yeah. And I think we, we I mean, I even do that. I'm about to say we I'm about to talk for you. all <laughs> uh, But I even see that in some of these new churches that are that are happening or whatever. And I know my, my, my buddy Vaughn, he has a hip hop church. So when he launched the hip hop church. Everybody was just like, you can't have Jesus and hip hop at the same time, mm -hmm. you know? So that was just like one of those things that were like, excuse me, sir, sit down, turn the music down. We're going to have church. No, mm -hmm. he's re reaching a culture that all they know is hip hop culture. Yeah. So he's bringing what's familiar to them and adding Jesus to that or adding that to Jesus and saying, okay, this is what it looks like in the hip hop yeah. culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and that WAP culture definitely needs Jesus. Exactly, for sure, for sure. Um, so let's take a look at this from uh, a world perspective, right? Uh, so as church from the world's perspective, they're very turned off right now. They're very turned off to the church, um, especially this, what is it, X, Y, X generation or whatever it is going on right now. They're, they're just re very turned off for the church. They're Z. The Z, right? Um, they're they're more you worried. Almost got to Z. They're yeah, always been behind. They're they're more worried about being woke, yeah, than being woke in Christ, woke to the world, and all of these different things that's going on. And what I think is interesting, like, so if they go to a church and they get turned off to a church, and it might be just a kind of a, the church they went to, you know, it might be. 
one of these crazy churches that are dancing around with snakes and they go there and they get hurt or they say something that offends them or whatever it may be. And it might be true. They, they might've the church might've done something wrong. What I think is interesting is they're done with God. Mm -hmm. Right. But if they go to Applebee's and get some bad food, they're not done with food. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They go until they find a good spot, they, until they finally get to some Chick-fil-A or something, right? That the food is good. Um, but I think it's interesting how we're done with God the first time we get offended, but we'll continue to go back to uh, whatever food it is or whatever nightclub it is or whatever those things are. We'll keep going back until we find what we like. But as soon as we get offended with God, we're done. Or they're like some of the people that come to the restaurants I've worked at and, you know, they've never had a good experience. And every time I come here, well, they leave out my fries, they leave out this, dun, right. dun, 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 but they keep coming back. They keep and coming they, back because they got that chips and dip that's I don't off know. the chain. No, they, they come back, they're angry the whole time. <laughs> you can't satisfy them and they're going to let you know about it, but they won't just pick another place. I don't know. Like, but uh. and, and it's, you know, I just got a, uh, we just um, switched our security uh, uh, at the house after for so long we went with another company, better rate and all those kind of things. But, you know, it was one of those door to door things They and I'm always hesitant with that, but these people already had all my information. Like they had everything. So it's like, yeah, we're an affiliate with that company. We broke apart. We started our own thing, and we want to give you better. Okay, and it's like we have all your information. And they they started reading it off, so that's why I was like, oh, okay. And uh, you know, I saved a couple bucks. But anyway, you know, and and after after I I I said yeah, let's go ahead and do it. And I sent my cancellation to to my 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 previous uh, uh, security company. Um, then we I scheduled the install for the next day, and then just I had this sinking feeling. You know, it's like, oh man, are these people legit? <laughs> you know, like, or, or is it, or is, did I just like sign my life away mm -hmm. right now? And then I started looking at the reviews. Oh, Ooh, yeah, yeah, don't do yeah, that. yeah, that's where don't I'm going. That. That's Especially where, afterwards. Yeah. Don't do that afterwards. That's yeah. where I'm going with this. And at you least start, do it up front. You man. start looking at the reviews, you know, and, and, and which is kind of the clever thing behind door to door salesmen. They don't give you a chance to do some shopping. Mm. But anyway, and I've known that they weren't my that wasn't my first rodeo. And I don't know why I did it. But anyway, it all worked out. Thank God. But I was looking I was looking at the reviews and it was the most horrible experiences that you could have as a customer just just bad the you know this and that they had to come back periodically over over six months we're in a lawsuit with them right now and just over and over and over hundreds hundreds did you feel secure i didn't feel secure i felt, I felt like i've been had you know and uh like and somebody then, just broke in and it, got you. yeah yeah i just felt you felt you feel violated you know like yeah. the, the sanctity of your home has now been you know just disrupted and anyway i'm getting to a point to all this is that is that just like what you're talking about we are so quick to see what's with the bad reviews right but i know whenever i buy something online and it works out for me, it takes me a long time to go and write a good review if I even write one. It's, it, even when they send you like email after email and say, hey, this helps our whatever, mm -hmm. you know, give us a five-star review. Yeah. And I still don't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the same way, right? But but I get something that I don't like. I oh, get yeah. So, yeah. 
Oh, we, it's we on. We're gonna Twitter, Twitter, uh, tweet them at this company yep. or whatever. <laughs> right. We're gonna let everybody know. Yeah, yeah. Now we have a campaign. Now let's ride in the streets. We're gonna nah, tell. Man, I ain't got time for any <laughs> of that. I'm not. I'm probably not giving you a good review. Sorry, but I'm not giving you a bad one. I just, I just won't go there anymore. Yeah, well, I'm petty sometimes when it comes to something. No, 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 but, I got more but, important but, stuff to do. No, write a but, bad review. But it's like it's important. Like, like uh, you know, I'm always buying equipment, sound equipment, and you too, you know. But we're all, yeah. all of us, we're always buying sound equipment or some mm-hmm. kind of equipment or whatever. And I love going and reading the reviews from mm-hmm. people that say, yeah, you know, buy this cable. We've never had a failure with it, and I need it for like church, so I, I can't yeah. afford for something to fail. So I know the value of a good review as yeah, well. You I'm know? definitely a hypocrite like that because I'll read the reviews of the product before I buy it. Make yeah. sure it's going to be good. But, but, I'll, but I'm not going to leave a review. Yeah, for yeah. and I definitely don't want to, you know, spend a hundred dollars on a cable that's going to mess, you know, mess up or right. whatever. So I appreciate even the bad reviews. But you know, to, to, to each your own on that. I get it, right? But anyway, we do that with church. Mm-hmm. We absolutely do that with church and people. We see the way that somebody lives their life, and th- your life is a review, right? If you had a good experience, you were going to be faithful in church. You're going to be a part of things. You're going to give yourself to it. You're going to give your time, your energy, your efforts, and your money to church whenever you've had a good experience with God and not the church necessarily, but the church is a conduit for people to reach God. That's what it's always been, right? So uh, whenever people have bad experiences, then, you know, that's they're just so quick to write a bad review in their own selves, in their own hearts, and then discount everything that that church or that God can offer them, and they're like, "Nah, I'm not even gonna deal with it." Whatever. Yeah. I was gonna say to answer your question, if like I don't care what it is, if you want to find an excuse to not do something, you can find the excuse. Mm-hmm. So if you want an excuse to be mad at God and justify it because of whatever's happened to you, you know, you can you can find that excuse, and it's not even hard. You know, so it you can you can even go to church and have a great experience, but if you're still not feeling it for whatever reason, you're upset about that thing that happened to you when you're seven or whatever. Yeah. You can say, well, you know, my friend knows a church where that pastor was doing this, so you know I can't trust any church. And you know, you can find the excuse to not do the thing. I was asking the installer whenever he was at the house. I'm like, hey man, you you know what kind of bad experiences you have with people or whatever. He's like, it's like now nah, most of them that, that we have. Uh, and he was a he was a contractor that worked for that contractor. Right? He was a sub for this kind of that thing. Sub for sub for sub. Um, so he cares about his business as well. And he was like, you know, the bad reviews that you see in this in this neighborhood, this area, well not neighborhood, but in the area and here in town. It's people that just are never satisfied. We give them free hardware. We do this. We do that. We go above and beyond. And there is, they're never okay. They right. always want something else, you know, and exactly to that. And people do that with God all the time and uh, because they're takers. People are naturally, that's part of the fallen nature of man. They're selfish. Um, but yeah, you know, with growing in God, then you understand that you got to be a giver more than a taker. Yeah, and I, one of the things that we have to remember is everybody comes to church and they've had their own experiences in life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And those experiences it is going to shape the lens that they look through at how they perceive what's going on around them, mm-hmm. right? But what we what, what people have to remember is that no one's ever had a bad experience with God. Yeah. They've had bad experience with people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And so as Christians and as leaders as we are, it's important that we understand, listen, we're not going to be perfect, 
but we're not just living our life just to live our life, but we're truly living an example of who Jesus is. Um, so we have to be aware of those things that there's going to be people that come to us that have um, no fathers in their lives. So when we talk about fathers, they're not going to understand like God is your father. Well, that automatically gives them a, a sideways look of who God is, right? Yeah. Um, so we have to be aware of those things and, and, and try to do our best. Um, and I, I'm just going to be up, up front and honest. The reason I left the church when I did for 10 or, 10 or 12 years is because a leader in the church hurt me. You know, they done something. Um, probably they didn't even know that was going to hurt me the way it hurt me. Yeah. Right. Uh, they were making a decision for the ministry. Uh, they probably could have handled it a little bit better than they did, but there was no intention of driving David out of church and me saying, God, if that's the kind of God you are, then I don't want anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. They didn't attend that. Mm -hmm. And, but as, as leaders, we have to be aware of those type of things that when people are coming to church and they're trying to experience who God is, that they're coming from a religious background, not a faith background. Yeah. You know, and they're looking at it uh, as of, okay, what do I have to do to accomplish the different levels as you go through a video game or as you go through uh, hiring on as a, a as a laborer and working yourself up to in the company? That's the mindset people have. So when they come into the church, they go, okay, how do I get to the person that's preaching? Mm -hmm. That they have to work their way through these levels. Um, and, and that's not the way it is. Now, you do have to accomplish certain things to become a minister or different things like that, but it's not, it's not achievements like you do when you're in the world. And unfortunately, our experience is we're, gonna, we're going to um, compare the two, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so we just have to, we have, to, we have to figure that out. We also have to understand that the gap between believing from where we are and believing in God that's a faith gap, right? So we have to be able, for our faith gap, we can just walk right across that bridge. For them, even if they got to run and jump, they can't even make it to the other side because their faith hasn't quite figured out that we don't understand this yet. Mm -hmm. That there's there's some things in my life that I don't see how y'all get to a, a resurrected God. Mm -hmm. You know, all I see is, Babies dying of cancer. All I see of these certain things, and their faith gap doesn't connect the two, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. we have to. So so many times in the church world, we get tied up in programs instead of getting tied up in people. Yeah, and 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 again, you know, and I'm just thinking through through these things. You know, we we uh, we prepare lightly for these conversations because we want it to be an organic conversation. You know, and. And, but then on that other side, you know, if I could, if I could just kind of play the advocate on the other side as well, you need to have boundaries. And uh, this generation definitely doesn't like that. No, they don't. They're, they're very liberal minded. Uh, anything that they perceive to be a limit or a boundary is wrong automatically. Yep. 
you are a bigot, you are this, you are that. You, you just don't want me to have it. Yeah, and 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 that when it comes to God, he has definitely said some things yes and no from the offset, you know, <laughs> from the start. It's yes and no. There is no like well, you know, you, you'll get to a greater maturity and you'll understand some things you have to stop whenever a drug dealer gets saved. They need to stop selling drugs. Yeah. Whenever uh, a prostitute gets saved, she needs to stop turning tricks. Okay, so let's talk about that real quick, right? Um, so if a drug dealer and a prostitute comes into the church, we can't say you can't come in until you stop turning tricks. No. 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 Right? It, it, it's when... It's but a lot of churches will. Yeah. Oh, you're wearing that. We'll need you to go home and change yeah. before you can come in. Yeah. Right. And it was that story that I heard is uh, this 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 lady came into church and the pastor stopped her at the door and said, uh, you know, you can't wear that in church. Uh, you need to go home and, and, and pray about what you need to wear. And um, so she she goes home and she comes back the next day and, and the, the pastor says, uh uh, I, t I told you you can't wear that coming to church. And he, he says, uh, did you pray about it? And he, he, she was like, yeah, I prayed about it, but God said that he don't know what's been going on in this church for the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things that we're, we're always ready to condemn somebody else, yeah. but our hearts are not right either. Well, and I go back to my statement, when they get saved, yeah, you know, so how many times does it take before somebody gets saved? Hey, only God knows as a preacher, as a pastor, your responsibility, one of your, your biggest responsibilities is just to preach the word and you let God deal with the rest, yeah. right? But whenever it's somebody that's been, you know, you know, sister so-and-so that's a Sunday school teacher and she decides that she wants to go into that life again, you know, no, that is not going to, there is no, you have to be strict with that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to say, yeah, let's tear down the walls. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a free open program here because that's not what we find in the word of God. Not at all. But it isn't until that person comes to a saving grace of Jesus Christ and that sanctification process is working and we're doing our part to instruct them, to teach them with love, reprove them with love as well. But, you know, I'm not a uh, I, I'm, I'm really not a fan of this of this kind of like let people do whatever they want. And whenever no. they get there, they get there. That's that's so irresponsible. No, we have a job to do now. They, they need to come in. They need to experience who God is. God's got to break the heart down. He's got to remove the scales. And that might be a process. Mm -hmm. Right. They might be here several weeks, several months until they get to that point. Right. But at some point when they decide. um there has to be repentance, mm -hmm. right? And what is repentance? Repentance is the change of your mind. Mm -hmm. That's what the re word repent repentance means. You have to change your mind. And I heard somebody say this one time. If you don't change your mind, it's a, a, a mind hold, a heart hold, a foot hold, and then a stronghold, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to get in that stronghold in your life, do you have to repent? You have to have a change of mind and don't do it anymore. And I think that's exactly what you, what you were yeah. saying. Yeah. And I, I read this, uh, this, uh, post from a, uh, he's not a friend. Um, but I just have him on my Facebook because 
I think uh, it's important to have people um, that are that have different mentalities, uh, uh, different ways of thinking. It's important to have them at least in some kind of circle, so you're not trapped in an echo chamber yourself. Yeah, like Google and all these all these places yeah. where they just surround themselves, where everybody's left wing, so all they ever do is, is vomit up left wing stuff. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and you know, and I I just want to. We're going to get canceled from Google now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be more of a well rounded uh, individual whenever people talk about certain things and. And, uh, and and even though I I know myself, I can come off as very condemning a, a lot of the times. No. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, but you know, let, let me just read you this, and it, it, it's it's a little bit. But he he uh, this guy's a pastor in a suburb of Houston. I I don't um, agree with his theology at all. We are in many cases on the opposite end of a lot of things. Um, I definitely have my opinions about this, but this is this I, I believe this is fitting for what we're talking about because whenever you got something that's already so established and 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 something that has uh, positioned itself as credible and viable, um, it, not all roads lead to Jesus, you know. Right. You know, and this let me just read this real quick. I'm a spare his name and all that. Please, yeah. So he says. Since I heard another anti-trans sermon this weekend, I thought I'd introduce you to a new word, mirism. A mirism is a literary device in which two antithetical poles are used to include the spectrum in between. For example, when we say things like, they searched high and low, or God is the Alpha and the Omega, we don't mean that the only, well, we don't mean that they only searched in the highest places and lowest places or that God's existence is limited to only the beginning and end of time. We naturally understand that these phrases include everything in between. They searched everywhere. Of course, God's eternal existence includes the beta, gamma, and delta times. In Genesis chapter 1, when the text tells us that God created the heavens and the earth, we acknowledge that God also created the stuff in between, galaxies, planets, black holes, dark matter. Or when the text tells us that God created evening and morning, we don't demand um, that midday, afternoon, and midnight conform to the prescribed binary. So when the text tells us that God created male and female, why would we break the pattern on the sixth day? Okay, I don't, I don't agree with that statement 100%. As far as the word and the, 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 the usage of the word in, in literature, I get it. But when it comes to God... He made Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. male and female, and he gave them to be married to each other. That's all that we're allowed to believe. Yeah. And this is a an entire denomination that does not believe that. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's uh, I, I, I used to know a guy that went to a church like that. He was a, a, a gay guy, and there was... I mean, he called it gay church, you know, and, and they've, they preached the word, but there were some things they didn't agree with and, uh, you know, and they just didn't preach those things. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a loss. Yeah. Well, see, and that's what I mean. It's, it's like, it's a, this is a hard topic to, to tackle because, <laughs> because well, it the is. Bible says, uh, 
if you search, you will find. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, if you search, that I would change your mind. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, I will change the word. No, he said, if you search, you'll find. You'll find what? You're going to find the truth, right? right. You're going to find him, which is the truth. Um, so w when these people bring stuff up like that, it's just like, I don't know how they're getting the interpretation of those things. Oh, and it's and, and the comments are just you know. Uh, you oh, know. I can imagine. And, yeah, no, and, and and you know, and this guy, he is he he's got a great intellect. Um, you know, he's just he's one of them brainy kind. Yeah, that, that'll leave you really scratching your head on some kind of things. Uh, you know, the, the doctorate or something like that, and, and it's just uh, it himself. He seems like a real good guy. I met him a couple times before, and and and, and all that. It's just you know, I can I honestly disagree with that statement 100% theologically speaking but i don't hate the man for it no i'm i'm not i'm not going to uh, i'm not going to you know go and burn down his church and i'm not going to go do all these things if i see him on the street i'll say hi yeah you know um that's the kind you, you see what i'm talking about there needs mm -hmm. to be like there needs to be that bridge there because I don't know. Maybe God might use me or somebody else to bring some truth into his life. There's and still I, time. And I can't burn that bridge down, even though I don't necessarily agree with no, it. No, there's still time for him to, to, to see the, the truth, you know? So if, if you, if you condemn him, or if you, somebody puts a hit out on him or whatever, because all these things, listen, there's still time for him to understand and, and, and see the revelation of what God is really meaning by these scriptures, you know? Um, so yeah, it's crazy. Well, I think that was a good show for us tonight. <laughs> I was going to just address the thing he said, cause I don't feel like we actually addressed it. Yeah. So in order for you to agree with what he said, you would have to agree that the Bible says God made man and woman and that that was a mirrorism, I believe was yep. the word. Mm -hmm. Well, so you'd have to agree that that's a mirrorism, which first of all, I don't even think it says it. it says that God created Adam. And then later on, it says that he created Eve by taking the rib out. Mm -hmm. So the guy already made his own scripture. So it doesn't say God created man and woman. And then that's a mirrorism or whatever, just because he picked some other things in the Bible that were mirrorisms doesn't mean that you can yeah. kind of move the words around and now say that this is. And yeah. I believe if, and like you said, if you seek, you'll find all that stuff. If you keep exploring that subject, you will find a lot more uh, support that that is not the actual, Are that you, what yeah. that, yeah. Then, uh, that you could find no, that's a great in favor point. Of. That's a great point of distinction there. Yeah, well, the problem is back in those days, there was no copy paste, special paste. No, <laughs> no. You, there was none of that. There was none <laughs> taken from here and then taken over where you need to apply that in another scripture. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. It's and but see the way that the argument is, is formed that if you say that that doesn't exist, then you completely deny that black holes or stars or all the galaxies exist. I don't think that would because it says he created the heavens and the earth and all of that stuff is under the category of heavens. That's what that word means yeah, yeah but, so i mean you could go in if you want really a lot of these arguments are a lot of like literal kind of tweaking of the meanings of words mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. and it's it's all just like perverting the words themselves right, right. and, and uh, it's meant to trip people up because yeah. it, it, in, in 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 the way that it's framed it's like well yeah so i guess everything that's between the day and the night yeah i see that i get it Wow, mm -hmm. but it's 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 not that simple. <laughs> I mean, well, it, it's actually simpler. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. Well, we we complicate we complicate uh, this thing called faith. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. you know, and, and I think over the years we've we've put stop gaps in place because people have messed things up and and culture has changed and so we we've added this and we've added that and none of that stuff is in the scripture. Yeah, we know? we interpret we're, we're trying to interpret God with the current worldview that we have rather than letting God interpret our worldview. Exactly. You know, and yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining the Refuge Project this week. We got much more to come, so we'll see you next week. We love you. This is the Refuge Project.